good afternoon or good evening, depending where you are in Blog Talk Radio Land. We welcome you to the Wednesday edition of the Dr. Fred Says Show, where we bring you live from Miami, Florida, Dr. Fred Valdez. And we talk about state of the health in the world today. And we go down different paths and have done for the last few years. And the path we're going down today, and Dr. Fred Valdez has been researching protein recommendations. So the show will be about protein recommendations and amounts and why sometimes over-consuming protein is not healthy and can cause harm to the body. And in case you're not familiar with Dr. Fred Valdez, presently he teaches part-time at a medical school that is close to Miami, Florida. His background is emergency medicine, and he spent many years studying complementary medicine. Within his team are doctors, chiropractors, therapists, alternative healthcare practitioners, and professional athletes. So on that note, I'm going to pass the show over to you. Good morning and welcome to Dr. Fred Valdez. Well, good morning, Denise. It's a great topic. And one of the reasons that I thought we should touch on that again is that they recently had a a protein summit. (laughs) Can you believe that? That's exactly what it was called. It was called the Protein Summit, and it was sponsored by Harvard Medical School and the but this was with a lot of international uh, uh, doctors and uh, nutritionists and all that. And, and uh, you know, they, they established some guidelines and stuff like that, revised them for protein and so on. And it's such a popular topic, uh, you, you, can't, you can't go to any store, a gas station, anywhere, a grocery store, and see displays of, of protein drinks. And, you know, and if you go to a vitamin store, we have a lot of them in South Florida from GNC and so on, Vitamin World and, uh, the franchises, and you usually always see huge displays of this huge tub of, of powder uh, where, you know, you get, uh, you know, 100 milligrams of protein and, uh, and 200 milligrams of protein and so on, and, and people are consuming that like a no tomorrow. So, you know, I just wanted to lay out some, some facts here and, you know, for the audience and, and, uh, and know exactly what, you know, what is protein and what, what, how much do we need, which is the bottom line. Now, you know, protein is definitely essential to good health. Uh, As a matter of fact, the the word protein uh, comes from the Greek, like a lot of our medical terms, uh, and protos uh, means first. You know, it's it's a protein's top-shelf status when it comes to human nutrition. Uh, And, uh, you know, you always hear you need to put meat on your bones. You know, I was a kid. And make your hair grow and your blood, connective tissue, antibodies, enzymes, and so on. So, uh, you know, it's common for athletes and bodybuilders to take a lot of extra protein to bulk up. But, you know, that's a very, very small percentage, believe it or not, of the population who do that. And in that case, things might be a little bit different. But the message for the rest of us that don't do that, that are not professional athletes or bodybuilders, uh, is a little bit different. Now, you know, we, we talk often about what the RDA uh, and actually, the RDA term was changed to RDI uh, a few years back, and that's a recommended daily intake. Uh, and now let's define that because that's an interesting term, especially when it comes to vitamins and so on. The RDI or RDA is actually what you need to stay away from getting sick. It's the minimum amount you need to stay away from illness. So, uh, you know, we need to have that into consideration as well when we talk about how much do we take of anything, of proteins and vitamins and so on. 
So, uh, you know, basically what they recommend is 0.8 grams of protein per kilo of body weight. Uh, just to translate that a little bit into an example, uh, a 50-year-old woman who weighs 140 pounds and who is sedentary, that means she doesn't exercise, translates into about 53 grams of protein per day, and that's what they recommend. Uh, but, you know, these things, when you read all these numbers and all that, it, it, it's never black and white, folks. There's always gray areas because the levels of exercise and the levels of activity, you know, will will vary from person to person. Uh, sedentary means maybe she writes, uh, she walks a little bit on weekends or she goes in, in the pool, if someone goes on a pool on the weekend or whatever and walks a little bit in the pool, that's not exactly sedentary. So those levels of protein will vary. But basically, you know, for, you know, translate that into the male side, and that's just based on body size. Uh, a male uh, that weighs about 180 pounds or so should consume at least at least 70 grams of protein a day. As a matter of fact, on this protein summit, uh, the, you know, the, the bottom line at the end of the day, uh, everyone agrees that if anything, in this, in this country uh, currently we're taking 16% uh, of our calories from protein, and uh, that was supposed to be okay and all, and all that. But now they're saying no. After this protein summit, uh, they're saying that uh, that's actually on the law side that we need to consume a little bit more uh, percentage uh, from our diets on protein. So you know we know the different sources and all that, and, and that gets really complicated. Nutrition is a complicated thing, folks. It's not simple. But the bottom line is that we do need protein. But anything in excess is bad. And the example I wanted to bring out, and everyone I'm sure is familiar with uh, Dr. Atkins' diet that came out many, many years ago, and, and it was a diet that was mostly leaning on protein, you know. And, and obviously, uh, yeah, you lost weight. Uh, and it was a diet, by the way, Denise, that was very attractive for men <laughs> because it was a diet that uh, you had to cut all the sugar, and all the fruits, all the carbohydrates, but you could eat all the protein you wanted. In other words, meat, bacon, and so on. You know, if you you approach a regular guy and you tell him uh, you need to cut bread and cut that, but you can eat all the bacon you want and you can eat all the steak you want, all the meat you want, uh, that's a very attractive diet for, for guys. Uh, so, so you, you know, and, and you would lose weight initially. And, and again, when it comes to that, and this is not a weight loss show today, but but it, it touches on that. It's it's it's, it's I'm on the same the same thing we're talking about. Uh, it, it's not about losing the weight. It's about keeping the weight off and staying healthy. Those those are the two key things when we talk about any diet uh, that includes high protein, low protein, or whatever. But anyways, the Atkins diet. Uh, and, and I remember being in the emergency room back then, uh, working in a major hospital and when the diet came out. And, and uh, we started seeing a lot of cases of kidney failure and so on coming in the emergency room on, on young patients. And, and, and this was due because the body eventually says, no, I, I, need, I need something else. I need some good carbohydrates and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, excessive protein uh, could turn into proteinuria, which causes kidney damage. We saw guys come in. Uh, yeah, I lost weight, but now I have kidney failure. Well, what have you done, sir? You know, and, and that was a sad situation to the point that Dr. Atkins actually had to modify the diet uh, a few years back and and, uh, and reduce 
uh, and start increasing with some good carbohydrates and so on and so forth. So, you know, when it comes to protein, mega dosing is not good. Uh, you don't want to have kidney issues and kidney problems with excessive protein that your body can't handle. Uh, so uh, that's, that's number one. Uh, also, you know, we're talking about the type of protein. Uh, you know, it's just common sense, Denise. If you go to a gas station and you see the fridge and you see those bottles of protein, and they've been sitting there and all that, and, and, they're, and they're in the special, you know, you, have, you know, buy one, get one free, or get one half price or whatever, and I've seen that. You know, the, the first thing you need to think about is what source of protein is that? How long has it been sitting there? You know, what is the, what is the quality of that protein? Is it going to do me any good, or is it going to be, uh, at best, a total waste, uh, you know, in my body, or, or at worst, it, it's going to uh, cause some damage to your body. So, you know, it's very important that we know all those things when it comes to protein. So, you know, a man that's 180 pounds, uh, 180 pounds or so, uh, which is about uh, 80-some, 86, 91 kilos or so. Uh, you know, I know you use kilos maybe in Canada. We still use pounds on here. Uh, but 180 pounds, uh, at least 40 grams of protein a day. Now, where is that protein going to come from? And, of course, we know the sources of protein, and we talk about meat, and we talk about uh, chicken and so on. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people say, you know, meat is because of the fat. They're trying to avoid meat and so on. So, you know, we have yogurt, and we have legumes, we have uh, beans, and we have uh, grains and so on. But here's the problem with that, folks. To get a good source of protein, it has to be in a, a fairly raw form. Uh, you know, people don't realize when you, when you cook a steak, depending on how you cook it, when you cook meat, when you boil meat, for example, or cook it in a pressure cooker for an hour or whatever, uh, it loses. It loses a lot of protein, and it changes the chemistry of the protein. It's not the same thing as eating, for example, nuts, you know, raw nuts, raw cashews or raw peanuts and so on. Uh, that's an excellent, excellent source of protein. Uh, but again, it comes down to that. Uh, it comes down to lifestyle, and we have to talk about lifestyle a little bit when we talk about protein because in a perfect world, you know, in a perfect world, it would be great. You know, you have a Greek yogurt in the morning, and then for lunch you have a handful of uh, pistachio nuts and almonds and so on. Uh, and, you know, for dinner you have maybe some beans with protein, and you have some, some, uh, some spinach and stuff like that, and you get some protein from that, and then uh, very small amounts of meat and, and fish and so on, and, you know, perfect amount of fish, fresh fish. You know, that, that is just an utopia. A very, very, uh, very small percentage of our population does that. And, you know, when we talk about these topics and decisions, that means we are referring to the masses. We are referring, uh, and I always use that example when it comes to nutrition. We do shows on nutrition and diet and so on. We talk about, for example, the single mom who's working 10 hours a day, you know, and picks up the kids, uh, you know, at the daycare center or whatever or at school, after work, a rushing late in traffic to go home uh, and tell me that that mother is going to have on the table a fantastic source of healthy protein for those kids. Most of the time, the answer is going to be no, uh, because most of the time it's going to be fast food. It's, it's going to be going through the window, picking up a burger, uh, and eating it in the car with the French fries. And if traffic is bad and they had a, a car accident, whatever, it's late, they finish the meal in the car. So, you know, we are protein deficient, and that's according to, you know, the protein summit uh, that said that 16% of our calories coming from protein 
may be on the low side. We need to increase a little bit more on protein. And then the question that follows that and what they recommended, it was beautiful. I, I, so I won't read it here because there's no time, but they, they did all the recommendations of how the protein should come. And I looked at that, and it's just in a beautiful, perfect world, that would be great. You know, I make an effort personally to sometimes to, to always have, a, you know, nuts and walnuts in the house and, and, and peanuts, I, I roll peanuts and so on and so forth. But, but, you know, life gets on the way. And for people who work, who, who have to drive and have to pay bills and so on, sometimes it's not the ideal world. It's not reality. It's not real bill. It's dream bill. Now, very few people can live in that dream bill where every meal is perfect as far as protein is concerned and carbohydrates and so on. The reality is that it's very, very difficult to follow that. So one of the things I wanted to interject here, even though we're not talking about our shakes, is what is a good protein source, okay? Now that we know a little bit of the numbers, what is a good protein source? Well, as far as CJ International, uh, and we have done shows on our Moringa drinks and so on. Uh, in uh, Moringa Refair, of course, that's what the company was founded on uh, by a man called Ken Brailsford, which we have to uh, say that it's an icon in the wellness industry. And, and we always have to include that in pretty much all the shows because it gives a little background on the show on why we do this. Uh, CG International was founded by a man who's an icon in the wellness industry who uh, had taken two companies uh, to the billion-dollar level in sales within an industry that has thousands of companies, uh, and only about 20 or so of those companies have reached that level. So to take two companies to that level tells you that this man really knew what he was doing. Uh, he also was considered the father of encapsulated herbal supplements. He was a retired billionaire. He had sold those two companies, and thank God he saw a video uh, from the Discovery Channel uh, on the health benefits of Moringa oleifera, a tree. And when he saw that, he said, this is too important. Uh, we, I have a calling, and we need to take this to the world. And the rest is history, as we say. That was about 11, 12 years ago. The company is now 10 years old, and it was founded on Moringa oleifera, uh, the best quality of Moringa oleifera in the world. I mean, they did a lot of research on the different varieties and so on. But back to protein, so that's the background for the company. Now, uh, a few years later, they introduced the weight management system, and among those products on the weight management system was a protein shake. And, you know, there's, there's a shake, there's a brand-new shake coming out every day. There are companies, two or three companies, wellness companies, are, their whole foundation is based on shakes. Uh, some are good, some are bad, by the way. Some have been... Uh, uh, you know, prohibited in some countries uh, because they actually cause some stomach disturbances, so to speak. Uh, so, you know, it's like a jungle out there. So you have to really look at the source and look at what is a good shake, how much protein is there, and so on. But most importantly, and this is key, how much of that protein is absorbed by the body? Now, that gets into a little bit of science here. I won't go into that because it gets complicated a little bit, and we want to keep the show simple. But uh, like, like vitamins, for example, uh, a lot of the proteins that we ingest as far as supplements do not get absorbed by the body, or they end up in the wrong places. Uh, you know, the human body, it absorbs and metabolizes and functionalizes nutrients uh, differently depending on the combination of nutrients that you consume. Uh, for example, you know, 
iron uptake in the body is enhanced when you uh, take it with vitamin C. And this is something, you know, it's not just taking vitamin C. It works with iron. Uh, and this was also true this, for essential, essential nutrients that we call protein. Uh, so, you know, proteins, are, is, they're complex molecules. And they're assembled in the basic set of amino acids, you know, all 21 basic amino acids. And our body breaks down these proteins into the essential amino acids. And it allows them to be absorbed and incorporated into our cells. Okay, and that's like fuel for the cell. It's the ideal type of fuel for the cell. It's that top of the shelf, like I said before, type of fuel that the cells need in order to function and do their job. So this action allows the cells to reassemble the amino acids into functional proteins that help, you know, we know this, build muscle and carry out enzymatic reactions. So, you know, this entire process and is, 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 is what's called a very co-nutrient heavy, and it requires, a, you know, an assortment and a balance of B vitamins and minerals and so on and essential components. So, you know, uh, again, while protein shakes, as I mentioned, is a common product, most of them are missing all the nutrients that you need uh, for the body to fully utilize and, and obtain benefit from them. Uh, so they, they they leave you with a you know lackluster results. You, you don't get the results you want from most protein shakes in the market and protein powders in the market, and especially the ones you buy on sale on, on a huge tub. You know uh, today's special. You know buy a, you know a, a three month supply for for seven ninety five. You know and I've seen that. I've seen those ads and I look at that and I go really where is that protein coming from? What is in that tub for seven dollars ninety five cents or ten bucks for three months? Uh, and, you know, maybe the stuff that's getting ready to expire at the vitamin shop and they want to sell it. So you can be careful with that. Uh, so, you know, this brings us to to the shakes that we have in Seed International, and they use whey protein, and that whey comes from, from cows and dairies or, you know, grass-fed folks. There's nothing GMO-free, uh, so they're very, very careful on, on the sources of where the whey comes from. And, and you know, whey it's it's a it's a fantastic source of protein. Uh, it assists in, in the pro workout recovery, and, and it actually promotes lean muscle development. It replenishes you know body energy supplies uh, and rebuilding of the muscle fibers. So uh, we call the product XM Protein, and it was it's a, actually a low calorie. We to look at calories too, and low fat. Uh, and it delivers, you know, it, it, it allows you to keep fuller longer, and it gives you 20 grams of protein. And, folks, past 20 grams of protein at a time, unless, again, unless you are uh, uh, not just an athlete, a professional athlete. I, I'm talking, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about workouts that are intense. I'm talking about, you know, uh, like I, I, was a, I was just a Dolphin camp, you know, the, the local football team here in my been a, for life a big dolphin fan and just uh, took a, a peek at training camp that started uh, uh, this week and, and you know you, you look at what they do and this is just the first week of training camp and and, and with the heat you know uh, we're talking 98 degree heat uh, on the field uh, and what they do and, and I'm looking at that and I'm going yeah those guys probably need a lot probably twice or three times the normal protein intake that most of us need on a daily basis. 
So unless you're, you're an athlete of that type and you go into that sort of workout or a bodybuilder, a professional bodybuilder, I'm not talking about the weekend guy that goes in to the, to the gym for 10 minutes and lift a few weights. I go, yeah, I'm a bodybuilder. No, you're not. You're just a weekend warrior. You're going to lift you know, 20 pounds. Uh, no, no, no. I'm talking about a professional bodybuilder. If you are one of those, yeah, your intake of protein should be probably past 100 uh, grams of protein a day or 110 or so. Uh, but if you're yeah, even fairly active or whatever, a 180-pound male, you don't, you don't only need about 80 uh, grams of protein or so. Uh, so the formulation that we have on these shakes, folks, uh, is being done very, very carefully. This is low-fat, uh, low-calorie, and it helps you maximize metabolic benefits. And here's drum roll. It's also enhanced with Moringa oleiferous. 90 plus vitamins, minerals, bioproteins, antioxidants, omega oils, and other benefits. So it's the only shake in the market that has the addition of uh, Moringa oleifera in it with the 90 plus nutrients and vitamins and so on, as, as we mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, in order for protein to work, there has to be a proper balance of everything else. And, and you know, that holds true for pretty much every every vitamin and nutrient and so on. There has to be a balance. You can't just take protein out of a can and uh, you don't feel like, uh, you, oh, I'm going to take two extra. Uh, I, I know people that do that. For a fact, oh, I'm going to do two extra scoops today because it's going to be a long day. It's not going to do you any good. And, 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 and in some cases, it may do you harm and damage your kidneys with proteinuria. And, and you will measure the urine. As a matter of fact, I, I closely this because it's, it's, uh, I had one of my male students, uh, and the, and the college, uh, you know, we were talking about, about this, this topic this week during a lab class, and we measure urines. You know, we actually analyze urines, and uh, and his urine actually had uh, traces of protein in it, proteinuria. So the first thing I told him, I said, do you take protein? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I take protein because I want to get big muscles. You know, so that's a young guy. Uh, it's a young guy already having traces of protein in the urine. Uh, that's a concern. Not, you know, a healthy young guy in, in his 20s should not have traces of protein in the urine unless you have some kidney problems or whatever. Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, but he will if he continues that way. So we had a little chat about protein and so on. And that's part of why the, the topic, I chose the topic of protein today. So, again, folks, to, to condense the close of the show, uh, protein is, is great for you. 16% should be higher than that according to the Protein Summit that was done recently. Uh, we should take more calories in a daily diet from protein, maybe 20%, maybe 25% should be protein. And the source of protein should be something that we need to consider. Don't forget that if we cook, overcook the food and so on and so forth, it loses protein. So uh, preferably protein should be in a raw form uh, and, and whey, uh, whey isolates, in fact, uh, which is the, 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 the ultimate filtering of the whey, uh, it's really, really the best source, the best source of protein that gets that's bioavailable that our bodies actually understand and, and, and consume to break that into amino acids uh, and, and to to get these proteins into the cell in the form of amino acids at the cell level, which is where it's supposed to do its work. So, uh, Denise, if you have any comments, uh, I'll pass the show back to you. Yeah, thank you. Very interesting. And, and yes, protein is. Uh 
a source that isn't talked about that much. You know, we tend to talk about calories and we tend to talk about low carb, high carb, and this kind of carb and that kind of carb. But protein is a, a very special topic. So uh, thank you for all that information. Would you like to give the audience your email address in case they would like to contact you and ask you any questions? Of course. Uh, my email is Fred Valdez, uh, the number 56, at gmail.com. Again, fredvaldez56 at gmail.com. And, of course, as always, Valdez is still with an S and not a Z. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd like to thank you for your time and for all the research that you do and bring forth to this show. And we welcome our audience to join us again next Wednesday at the same time. And we wish you all a wonderful week. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>